0: Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well appointed basement with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. Your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate in your cabin in the woods. And a special hello to everyone tuning in on one of our affiliate stations across North America. And hey there to those streaming us live on my YouTube channel, Strange Planet. And last but not least, hi and howdy to those of you who join me every week in the YouTube live chat and ask such terrific questions. And um, that is always available to you in the uh, the live stream chat if you'd like to uh, ask a question Just enter it into the chat box there and Ryan White, my live stream producer, will funnel it over to me. So however and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes and I thank you for your fine company. Documentary filmmaker Darcy Weir is here to discuss one of his earlier films, Underground, and he has re-released it. It's Underground, The Director's Cut. And the film tells the remarkable story of one of ufology's most mysterious figures, the late Philip Schneider who was very popular on the UFO lecture circuit back in the 90s. If you went to some of these UFO conferences in the 90s, very likely you were entertained by Phil Schneider and his slideshows and so forth. Phil claimed that he was very much involved in the construction of secret underground U.S. military bases, specifically one long rumored to be located beneath Dulce, New Mexico. And that's not even half of it. The story gets Stranger and Stranger Phil's story. We'll also talk about another one of Darcy's films, which came out last month, involving UFOs and volcanoes. Darcy is an independent filmmaker, trained as a video editor, writer, director, producer in university and technical college. He's chosen to work on... Some of the more fascinating subjects that are discussed today and on this program, certainly recently he completed a new documentary based on the theory that relic hominids like Sasquatch live in deep wilderness all around the world. And perhaps you caught that episode on my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited. Yet another film on crop circles called Crop Circle Realities. That one will be out in March Darcy Weir, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you?
1: I'm good. Richard, how are you doing, man?
0: I'm very well. I think this is the first time on the radio show, but I've had you on the podcast a couple of times.
1: Happy to be here.
0: I'm somewhat familiar with Phil Schneider. I remember interviewing a woman, uh, Alexandria Bruce, back in the early 2000s, maybe 2005, about... Phil Schneider and the Philadelphia experiment and his connection to that and the Montauk chair, I think that was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And I haven't really thought about Phil Schneider much since then. And then along comes your film underground, the director's cut for those not familiar with Philip Schneider. Tell us a little bit about him and what he was up to.
1: Phil really kind of hit the scene, became a viral speaker back in the nineties because He spoke at a Bigfoot conference, believe it or not, about not Bigfoot, but a firefight that he had in an underground base construction program that the military industrial complex had employed him for. The story that he told was that while they were building this base, they broke into a chamber that was being inhabited by an alien race that had been living there for quite some time. Apparently they weren't happy that, you know, this, uh, guy named Phil comes crashing through their roof. So they opened fire and he was saved and brought back to the surface. And he lived to tell the story. But, um, I was, I was very fascinated by that story when I originally came across him. And um, I had to look into this, obviously. Uh, This was the first documentary I ever made. And I made it with a friend named Lee Lustig, who does a lot of voiceover for me and does some writing too. Brilliant guy. But we both kind of, our nexus is, our nexus was because we crossed paths. He was interviewing uh, Phil's late wife, Cynthia Cynthia Dreher, and I was already interviewing her too. And so she said, look, there's another guy that wants to make this documentary, wants to tell this story. And we ended up talking to each other and became really good friends and and made this film together. But um, Phil's an interesting character because what made him – so popular was probably the wild story of him being shot by an alien and he was missing uh, quite a bit of his hand Um, later, you know, just to be honest, um, that he actually lost his fingers through an accident um, when he was a teenager
0: But But he was claiming he lost the fingers in this firefight with the gray aliens. Yeah. So that's a complete fabrication.
1: I don't think that's true. Um, But what I did like about him was that he was kind of like the character from the film Network, right? He was... Peter Finch's character. Yeah. He was tired and mad as hell. And he wasn't going to take it anymore. And he took to the stage at all these conferences, talked about his experiences and, um, you know, things like the New World Order and this Great Reset. and. Uh,
0: he was talking about the Great Reset way back then?
1: Kind of, in a way. Like the New World Order right. is the Great Reset, right?
0: Okay, right.
1: Um, but... He was just talking about things that simulate what we're, what we're kind of going through right now. And um, he talked about the government spending billions and billions of dollars on clandestine black budget projects, which is true. And people loved him because they they were looking for somebody that was relatable. They were looking for somebody that you know, didn't seem like a narcissist or anything like that. When you look at this film, you'll see, you know, he let everybody approach him. He chatted about everything and anything with everybody. And, uh, he was a really friendly guy. Um,
0: but did he, did he offer, I mean, he specifically talked about Dulce, New Mexico, did he not? The base yeah, there, did yeah. he claim that he worked that,
1: on that one? That was where he said he got into this altercation and, um, the interesting thing about that is that you know before Phil even hit the scene, there was Paul Benowitz that had started talking about the Dulce, New Mexico base, and Paul Benowitz, as we some of us may know, he was a pilot, but he owned his own airstrip and his own private airline pretty much with the technology radio technology that he used there, he ended up tapping into some strange signal, and that's where he said he found out that maybe there was an underground base um, in the Dulce, New Mexico, Mesa area, and um, that there was possible aliens living there and so on and so forth. So there was already a story about that before Phil made this claim. And, um, you know, if you go back even further than that, the Hicaria, um Native, indigenous people that live in this area, uh, New Mexico, they've been talking about you know basically paranormal and very strange entities around there for years. Um, and and many different people have traveled out to that area. Norio Hayakawa, who's a I guess a journalist that was from Japan, took interest in this, brought a whole film crew over. And they interviewed the town folk and, and the Hickorya indigenous people said, yeah, there's an underground base here. We know about it. And, you know, there's apparently entranceways, uh, secret entranceways in in and around the Mesa Ridge. And uh, there's noise come out of there and UFO sightings, copious U- UFO sightings that have come from that Mesa area. So... Black helicopters, you know, cattle mutilations happened around here, all kinds of stuff like that. um, Right,
0: sounds like a Skinner's Ranch type of situation. Did Schneider
1: offer any
0: evidence during his numerous presentations, any evidence, documentation and so forth that he in fact did participate in the construction of this underground base?
1: the evidence that he had that I found compelling, that we show some of it in the documentary, are photos from the Bikini Atoll detonation that had UFOs flying away from them. There was apparently pictures of his father on the deck showing off a crew manifesto of all the workers on the USS Nautilus, which was uh, the United States' first nuclear submarine, which was a black-budget project and and was top secret as well at the time, Uh, and then also him in the ready room of the USS Eldridge, and apparently in that photo on tour he said "This, this very large gentleman sitting in the front row of this, Photo, and you can see my dad back there. That's Val Valiant Thor, and people don't know who that is. That's apparently a uh, humanoid ET that was visiting Earth to try and um, make a deal with the Pentagon to change our society, whatever.
0: Valiant Thor supposedly took up residence in either, depending on the story, either in the Pentagon or. The White House itself during the Eisenhower administration. Yeah. So you mentioned Phil Schneider's father. That's Captain Oscar Schneider, who died in 93, I think it was.
1: Yeah, um, he died right at the end of 92, and Phil picked up all of his father's documents from his office in his house and started finding all this, you know, top secret stuff. Um... Around the same time, he started publishing a little magazine called The Alien Digest, and it talked about secret space and UFOs and aliens and black budget projects, like all this kind of stuff. Um, And he and his friend, um, Ron, were doing that. Ron actually was... uh, the individual that was getting him to speak at conferences to Ron was a retired air force man and knew apparently about the star wars project um anybody doesn't know what the star wars project was it pretty much was going on around the reagan era and it was militarizing space putting up satellites that could shoot down missiles, and possibly you could shoot a missile from a satellite, all that sort of stuff. And Ron had said that he had some information about that, he was going to release that, and all of a sudden he turned up dead in a park in uh, Portland, Oregon. After Ron's passing, Phil Schneider ended up being mad as hell and started doing more and more lectures after this. And um, he appeared on, I think it was Dateline or some TV show where they were talking about the mysterious death of his friend Ron. And that's when everything took off for him. He was starting to do more and more shows. Anthony Sanchez, who I've spoken to a lot in the past about Phil Schneider... Anthony Sanchez published a book called The UFO Highway, which is pretty much about um, the Dulce, New Mexico base and apparently a group of soldiers that are sent to investigate the Mesa and go infiltrate this base. And um, it's a story that's actually told secondhand by a retired colonel that was in charge of that sort of operation. And um, that colonel said that he had actually handed a stack of documents to Phil about a month before he passed away.
0: Okay, so there's a pattern know. here, Darcy. Yeah. After his father died, we, uh, we and we should point out that Captain Otto Oskar Schneider, he was a U-boat captain. In other words, he was, I don't know if, he, if we would say he was a, a Nazi, but he was certainly fighting for the other side. He was a German U-boat captain. And I believe he came to the U.S. under Operation Paperclip. So he was, I think, also involved in the development of the U.S. nuclear submarine program. So he was very coveted for his knowledge, obviously. So this pattern, after he dies, Phil Schneider finds this cache of documents and photographs. He also gets them from this other gentleman that you just mentioned. So is he taking this information and passing it off as his own? During these lectures?
1: He was saying in the lectures that he got some of the documents from his father. He even said, this is a photo of my father in the ready room of the USS Aldridge and Val Valiant Thor is in here and then there's all the names of all the top nuclear scientists and stuff, you know, below and you can see them in the picture. Um, so yeah, he admitted that a lot of the documentation he had was his father's. So I found Phil's story still to be very interesting because there was credibility to a lot of the things that he brought and lectured about at the conference due to his father's involvement in military black budget projects. And I don't know who may have killed him. I I think that he was murdered. Some people say that I don't want to get too
0: far over our skis here yet. I want to talk about his death in a moment. We're coming up on a break, but before we get there, we have about two minutes here. Let me ask you again, did he ever present credible documentation that he was involved in these underground bases, Daltz, New Mexico, or otherwise?
1: The interesting thing is that we got documentation from his late wife um, proving that he had two different... Social insurance numbers this is apparently a game that's played by workers that work on black budget projects but also have a civilian social insurance number. Social security numbers what's what it's called in the United States um, and he, she was able to prove because he was getting medical benefits from retiring from projects working for companies like Morrison Knudsen. Now, Morrison Knudsen is a very high-level military contractor, kind of like RAND Corporation. They do uh, black budget construction sort of work. And Morrison Knudsen was one of his employers. He definitely worked for them. I think that was one of the credible documents that we, we looked at in the documentary. What he took to the lectures that could prove his military work, I could say because all that stuff was taken from his apartment when he passed away.
0: All right, and we will uh, discuss uh, the mysterious death of Phil Schneider on the other side. Darcy, we are independent filmmaker and we are talking about uh, his earliest uh, documentary film that has been re-released. It's Underground, The Director's Cut. More of our conversation when The Conspiracy Show returns. Stay with us. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. Darcy Weir is uh, with us. The website Darcy is at occultjourneys.com?
1: That's right occultjourneys.com if you want to check out The Underground or any of my Sasquatch films even my latest and greatest the Volcanic UFO Mysteries or maybe Beyond the Spectrum Being Taken an abduction film that I put together with Wee, check them out, they're there, you can click on the poster it'll take you through to a page to watch the films
0: alright, so Phil Schneider's death when was that, 95? 96? 96 96.
1: Um, And Ron Rummel, his friend, passed away in 93. So Ah. he kind of had a few good years there that he was doing lectures and becoming known as a speaker at these UFO conferences or Bigfoot conferences. The stuff on the fringe that people here like to listen to, right?
0: Right. So, what were the circumstances surrounding his death?
1: So the circumstances were quite odd. His catheter cord was wrapped around his throat. And when the police came to the scene, it was because the motel owner had reported a smell coming from his room. So it sounded like something's rotting in there. And they entered the room. Phil's body was found. His head was face down in his wheelchair, um, they couldn't see that he was strangled, uh, that, you know, he died through that means at that time. And when the body went to a funeral home, the funeral director ended up calling Cynthia, his his late wife, his ex-wife, and uh, she called the police. The police were also contacted by the funeral director. They opened up a case. They started investigating. Um, they couldn't find any proof that he was, you know, killed by somebody. Uh, But they, his wife told Lee and I and his daughter uh, that he had lots of reasons to live. He was doing okay financially. He was happy. He wanted to be in his daughter's life. Um, I was on a show recently and one of my, um uh, partners in a film that I, I made recently, uh, Stephen Bassett, said, oh, he killed himself. And I said, well, wait a second. We don't know that to be the truth. And when we looked at the autopsy report, um, it, it just screamed murder to me. Um, but it was a pretty closed case quickly. And I don't know how you could strangle yourself with your own Exactly.
0: With a catheter um, cord, yeah, you you can you can hang yourself.
1: Yeah, he was uh, not found by, uh, hung you, you, by any means. Uh,
0: right, but you can't. It's it's very It's it's like trying to choke yourself. You'll pass out before yeah. you actually strangle yourself.
1: Well, I guess like that was the argument that Stephen was saying. Oh, he he must have like made himself pass out, and then he eventually died while he passed out. But. Um, I don't know. It seemed that most when they look when you look at the crime scene photos it looked like there was blood on the ground and on the bed and there was a bit of a a flurry that happened, you know, a bit of a commotion. So
0: a struggle, a struggle seem, perhaps.
1: A struggle, yeah. So it didn't seem like a open-shut case of one killing themselves, but um,
0: right. So, so was the official okay. was the official cause uh, listed as sui- a suicide?
1: The official cause was listed as natural causes, death ah, by natural natural. Right. Natural yeah. causes. Sure. Like who who would have put that as the in the in the ultimately once they opened the case up again though, um, the coroner that took a second look at his body said death by asphyxiation, which is not natural causes still, but um, in the newspaper, the article published with his obituary said that it was by natural causes. So it's like, how does that happen? Uh, right. So, and so what
0: what was missing from his room?
1: All of his documents that he traveled with. And um, this is Cynthia, because she said she had some documents left at her place. They were still friends. Um, They had Mary, Marie together and uh, they, you know, were very happy and amicable as friends. So they still talked every day and every week and all that stuff. But um, she said, yeah, like tons of the stuff that he was touring with that was in his apartment at the time was taken. Now, was he? Is it possible that he was murdered by somebody who followed him? That was wanted to have his documents. Was it a government sort of job? I don't know. Um, there's speculation in all kinds of ways there, but all I know is that based on what his family told us, he he didn't want to die and certainly not like that so yeah i believe he was killed
0: and how is phil schneider connected with things like the philadelphia experiment i mentioned that book by alexandria bruce talking about the philadelphia experiment murder referring to phil schneider
1: yeah i i, I don't really know that much about the philadelphia experiment connection but um yeah, I probably, I wouldn't really want to, like, delve into that, because I'm not a huge, uh, I, I, I just don't know enough about what okay. his connection was, yeah.
0: I guess it would have had to have been through his father, since, you know, we're talking about, what, yeah. 1943, uh, so Oscar, I guess, uh, would have had the connection. Yeah, um, I, I mean, like,
1: I, his his he claimed that his father worked on the Philadelphia experiment, but in terms of the book you're referencing, I don't know. Um, right. Okay. His father had documents that, so his father was a Navy surgeon as well as an inventor apparently, and there was documents that we show on the, the film that reference autopsies and psycho, um psychoanalysis cases of people that were taken off of the Philadelphia experiment, uh, the Eldridge. And um, that boat, you know, apparently vanished. And then when it reappeared, there were crew members that were hysterical. Some of them were apparently lodged in the ship. There's all kinds of lore about that story. In a
0: fuselage, right. Half in and half out of the metal fuselage, yeah.
1: That's right. And the documents that we show appear to identify that there was chips or some kind of really small kind of uh, nano-electronics implanted into some of the soldiers that they pulled off of the ship and communication memos between Condon, you know, right around that time there would have been the Condon uh, involvement with uh, the Condon committee and um, there was project blue books was prior to that. But Richard Dolan, um, he looked at those documents and he sent them to somebody that he considers, you know, a valuable resource inside of the military-industrial complex, and that person stated that he wasn't sure if they were real. Um, I'm friends with Richard Dolan. I I highly respect him, Uh, but I don't know. Some of those documents, if they are real, they're, like, incredible. So many documents that were redacted and covered up during the Blue Book and the Condon era of uh, UFO research in in American history, you know, have never seen the light of day. And these documents seem pretty well articulated. They have um, interesting letterhead that seem to be um, that of a military man right and and they're coming from and going to um phil's father oscar Otto schneider while he was working in this business in the military
0: so we just have about a minute and a half here uh, before we head into the break so sort of sizing up uh the late phil schneider in terms of his credibility and separating the wheat from the the chap uh was he who he said he was, someone who worked on in these underground bases and was perhaps involved in this underground firefight with gray aliens?
1: It's hard to say. Um, I think there's truth in some of it. So I think that he did work in some degree for the American military, uh, especially when he had a social security number that he was getting health benefits from when he retired and was ill Um, but i don't think he was fired on by aliens and that's how he got maimed i think that was a bit of a fabrication because it's an interesting story i think the documents that he carried could have been credible and that those came from his father and I think he was mad as hell. I think he was interested in uh, blowing up the truth in a big way and, and making sure everybody listened to what he had to say.
0: All right, uh, Darcy, we're going to take a timeout, come back, and uh, talk a little bit more about underground bases, and then we'll take some questions from the live chat as well. Back with more after this timeout. Stay with us. <laughs> brother is listening, and so are you, to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrat. Before we get back to Darcy, just a reminder, if you'd like to become an official donor to Strange Planet, we can use your help. Increasingly on uh, YouTube, videos are being demonetized. In fact, uh, Ryan, my live stream producer, just told me a few moments ago that a recent show we did with Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis, retired U.S. Army, on... Um the China threat, uh, the China military threat and so forth, was not only demonetized, it was just taken right off the uh, the YouTube channel. It was taken right off of YouTube. Um, so, giving everything, given everything that's going on, it's probably just a matter of time before our YouTube channel uh, is taken down. And those videos, when they're monetized, they can help pay a few bills. So, if you can help, go to patreon.com slash strange planet patreon.com slash strange planet and any monthly amount is tremendously appreciated and helpful but there are uh, i think three donor tiers that we have there's a five dollar uh which is called the uh truth seeker no that's called the rogue researcher so for five dollars that's the rogue researcher tier there's a the ten dollar tier per month that's the truth seeker and then there's the uh the fifty dollar per month—that's the Star Chamber—and uh, you get um, things like, aside from my eternal gratitude, uh, you get delivered right to you uh, via email my my Strange Planet uh, radio feature that ran for many years. Uh, you get an episode once a month. Some of you will get the um, the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, my late, my my former podcast that I did with uh, Chris Jericho of uh, WWF fame. For his uh, podcast network, the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, which evident, or incidentally is not available anywhere else at the moment. Uh, so you get that delivered to you once a month and uh, some other great stuff. So again, it's patreon.com slash strange planet. Patreon.com slash strange planet. Okay, uh, back to underground bases, UFO secrecy. Uh, we've been talking about the mysterious death of Phil Schneider, but... I I was recently online looking at a a list of supposed underground bases in the United States, uh, Darcy, and my word, uh, it looks like it numbers in in the hundreds. I mean, you just look at California alone, uh, Mount Shasta, um, apparently one in Napa Valley located at Oakville grade north of Napa tunnels also connect the wineries apparently north of Napa, used for, uh, well, mind control, it says, slavery, a possible saucer base. Uh, There's one apparently near Palmdale, Presidio, San Bernardino, Santa Barbara, Santa Rosa, uh, Sierra Nevada Mountains, China Lake, of course. There's supposedly a Northrop facility um, on Highway 14 towards Edwards Air Force Base in L.A., uh, the list goes on and on. Colorado in Alamosa, uh, Boulder, Colorado, Colorado Springs, Fort Collins. Uh, there's one in Connecticut, a massive base in uh, Florida, uh, Elgin Air Force Base, Georgia, one in Atlanta. Uh, there's a, a FEMA regional center there. Uh, Idaho, Lower Goose Lake in uh, Indiana and so forth. Uh it is also rumored that, that many of these bases are connected with these high-speed maglev trains. What do you know about that?
1: I know that through Richard Souders' investigations, he wrote four different books uh, on underground bases. So if people want to learn more about um, the history of underground bases in the United States and around the world, really, um, you should look up Richard Souter and uh, Hidden in Plain Sight is a really good book out of the four. Um, but he did his research at government repositories, you know, like the Eisenhower Library and such, where they have hundreds of thousands of military industrial complex documentation, um, patents and and records of certain filings um, he found patents for tunnel boring machines that were state of the art that were run by nuclear fission reactors that could melt and deflagrate the, the sides of the walls and turn them into hard rock as they bore um, kind of like molten turn the rock into molten lava and and help build the structure as it goes Um, But the maglev trains, um, he believed also existed, kind of similar to what Elon Musk is making with these uh, giant um, vacuum tube sort of train systems. Uh, It would be the same sort of thing, but that would be a public venue facing technology, you know. Whereas this was military um, technology that was connecting underground bases around the world, if if you believe uh, it.
0: Right. Darcy, this is a short segment, just uh, six minutes. So we're going to head right back into a break, come back, and we'll finish up and talk more, a little bit more about underground bases and then get into the subject of your uh, January film regarding uh, UFOs and volcanoes. Back with more of the conspiracy show. Stay with us.
1: Uh,
0: Darcy, I want to go right to the uh, YouTube live chat and uh, let's see. We have Thinker. Uh, Thinker is asking about the incredible advanced materials that Snyder supposedly had access to. He also asks, or she also asks, I'm not sure who Thinker is, uh, what about the extensive tunnel network, well, well, we just alluded to that, around the world and in North America, connecting all the underground bases that are underneath every major city? Uh, So what about these advanced materials that Snyder supposedly had access to?
1: So he had medals that he showed on tour, Um, He claims some of them were rhyolite or um, this type of cloaking technology that they paint onto all of the stealth bombers, that black sort of substance that makes it so that it's a real substance that makes it so that um, sonar and normal radio um, waves can't bounce off the craft so it can be picked up. By radar, um, he claimed to have that stuff on tour and and showed it off um, and in terms of the underground base networks, um, Richard Souter claims that they were even planning there were there were uh, schematics and designs for bases to be built under the ocean in basically underwater mountain regions. And, you know, if you think about that, that's definitely more than a few miles below the surface. Um, And if they did complete that, now that I think that we show that illustration and he discusses it I think that was in the 1960s that he talked about doing that, um, finding that that uh, those plans and that was a british British military plan um, that he had found if they completed some some projects like that, there's no reason that they couldn't have a base connecting in the ocean that would you know. Uh, then go to the land of Europe and and connect over to North America and beyond. So it's speculation, um, but one has to wonder, are these things being used? What I really liked about Phil Schneider was that he talked about the military-industrial complex's extremely vast budget, like, Billions and billions of dollars. And we cover at the starting of the documentary, RT News did an investigation of Pentagon's uh, spending in 2017, I believe. Uh, Maybe it was 2016. But they have this practice that's not against the law. I mean, if you or I, Richard, decided to say at the end of the year, you know, um, my... I can't account for spending the money on this in my, uh, my, my revenue I had. Um, so I'm just going to say I spent it on loaves of bread, you know, but you have no receipts to prove that. Well, the military can do that. Pentagon has been doing that for years, a long time. It's in the lofts. Uh, they're allowed to get away with this type of practice whereas we get thrown into jail for doing something like
0: that. Right. I mean, over the last half century, who knows? Untold trillions, I'm guessing, they've shoveled into these black projects. It should be called a black hole, really.
1: And people have been discussing that and saying, well, what are they using all this money for? Is it to build underground bases or send, you know, personnel and exotic aircraft into space to do really interesting stuff that the public shouldn't know about? Very possibly. Well, uh,
0: Dr. Paul LaViolette was on in the first hour. I'm not sure if you caught any of that, but he talked about exactly that and and the, these new U.S. Navy UFO patents that they just released, uh, which seems to confirm all of our suspicions, everything that we've been talking about, uh, you know, for the last... Well, for decades and on this show and, and, and on Coast to Coast and elsewhere, it is all coming to the surface, no pun intended. But um, we're going to have to have you back on because we don't have time to get into UFOs and volcanoes and some of your other fine work. Um, definitely have you back on soon. But what do you think they're doing down there uh, in these bases? Why build them underground?
1: The, the simplest and easiest explanation is to keep things secret out of sight out out of sound um, to have command and control um, and to work on projects that shouldn't see the light of day that's that's pretty much the only reason that you would use an underground base for security for uh, secrecy and for command and control
0: Well, Phil Schneider's hyperbole and uh, his vivid imagination or even propensity uh, for bending the truth aside, have you come across evidence that suggests, in fact, there may be some sort of UFO or alien connection to some of these bases?
1: Well, hey, I mean... Dulles, New Mexico, I'm, I still believe there's something there. Um, and it's, again, he could have worked there building a base. Part of that might have been true. We know that there's multiple UFO sightings that have happened all over that mesa over many, 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 many years. Every year, you know, there's been sightings practically. And, um, all the things that have happened around there just seem to point to something going on under the Mesa, under Dulce, Mexico. So I think there is a base. We know that Los Alamos is nearby. So if we were talking about um, these train tunnel uh, connections between bases around North America, if Los Los Alamos is nearby, and that actually has underground facilities. There's no reason that Dulce, New Mexico, if there's a base called uh, you know DS3, that is also under the, uh, the Mesa there. It could be connected to Los Alamos by these same uh, maglev train uh, tunnels.
0: all right um, we, we also hear things well Montauk for example on Long Island and um, mm-hmm. the idea that there is something it's an old World War II radar station and underneath the radar tower there is rumored to be a labyrinth of tunnels and, and there were reports that back in the uh, the 60s 70s perhaps uh, runaways where uh, you know street kids were abducted and, and involved in mind control experiments underneath um, Montauk and so forth. Do you get into any of that in your underground uh, film?
1: No, don't really talk about Montauk in, in our film. We, you know, it's Rich souder talks about the history of underground-based building since World War II. Uh, we have Phil Schneider's testimony and some of the stuff he did on lecture tour. Uh, Richard Dolan gives uh, a history of cultures talking about beings that live underground. Um, You know, the the ancient Tibetans talked about a network of tunnels and uh, beings that lived underground. Uh, So it's part of our history for supposedly another plane of existence underground maybe earthlings are are up top and the idea that there's crypto terrestrial terrestrials meaning another terrestrial another type of being that lives on earth but underground um, has been tossed around for a long time from many different cultures um and uh yeah the the documentary the military-industrial complexes work into investigating possibilities of building bases. You know, and, and we know that there's places like Area 51 and Camp David where the presidents go to, and that's got massive underground structures underneath uh, the Capitol building in Washington D.C. There's a labyrinth of tunnels and underground floors um, under the NSA facility in the United States, their headquarters, there's apparently 20 floors deep that have tons and tons of server technology and such, um, and, and you know, who knows what else they've got there, um, and uh, there's Mount Weather, which is FEMA's Major headquarters. I believe that's in uh, Virginia, and that is built into a mountain, Cheyenne Mountain, where NORAD's headquarters used to be.
0: Right. Yeah, Darcy, we're just about out of time. We're just about out of time here. Apologies for the interruption, but uh, uh, yeah, the list is, is practically endless. So the underground, the director's cut. Uh, Beyond the Spectrum Being Taken Sasquatch Among Wild Men Volcanic UFO Mysteries Crop Circle Realities Out in March uh, Some of these available At Amazon Prime And of course the website OccultJourneys.com Thank you so much Darcy I, I promise we'll have you Back on again soon
1: Sounds good Thanks for having me Richard
0: Alright my pleasure Darcy We're back next week With a brand new program In the meantime Don't be afraid There's nothing revealed That won't be con- Or nothing concealed That won't be revealed Nothing hidden That won't be made known What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.